aka Patters, thank you for joining me. Welcome, 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 welcome to the 31 Days of Dread. I'm Peter A. DeLuca. That's your host, that's me, aka the Pop Culture Pope, aka Ruben Sandwich, aka Spicy Taco. I'm your boy. We talk horror movies for the month of October. That's one horror movie a day for the entire month. Now, they're not reviews, they're more profiles or discussions or tangents. I, I, I tap the vein are in a lot of different ways and we're talking sinister sinister is right now falling down the memory hole let's get through that intro and let's discuss all right everyone before we get into something spooky let me tell you something trial by fire it's my comic book available right now on indiegogo link in the description and i will see you on the printed page yeah, so uh, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Thanks for sticking through that intro and joining me. So what what do I mean by falling down the memory hole? Look, <laughs> the, the people attached around this movie are more of a focal point than the movie itself. Meaning we have the uh, director of Doctor Strange. So there you go. The guy that made Doctor Strange made this movie. Uh, this movie's produced and manufactured by Blumhouse. Blumhouse is now becoming more and more of a brand. Uh, very you know, look, look, it's um, you know, the the house that Paranormal Activity built. Their modern day New Line Cinema, New Line Cinema back in the day was a house that Freddie built. So there you go. So I I don't want to go into the individuals that made this movie. This movie also stars Ethan Hawke. Side. No, I, I talk about tangents. If you want a triple Ethan Hawke horror arc, okay? Now, like a grouping, okay? A package. We have Sinister. Then we have Daybreakers. And we have, what's the uh, third one? Holy crap. <laughs> oh, The Purge. We have The Purge, Sinister, and Daybreakers. That's your Ethan Hawke block. And, and it's amazing that he uh, got involved with three really cheap horror movies that all excel. The Purge, the idea and the execution, awesome. Launched the franchise. Sinister, same. Should have launched the franchise. And I will say the same for Daybreakers. Daybreakers, holy crap. Another movie that people completely forgot existed. So, moving on, moving on, moving on. This movie is frustrating for me to watch. If you can't tell, I thoroughly enjoy Sinister. This movie, it's hard for me to watch because the potential is so rich. It's so, um, it's vibrant. And it, when I sat down to watch these movies, now day 16 is Sinister, day 17 is Sinister 2. I watched Sinister 2 first. Now, I've only, up until that point, I've only seen Sinister one time in the theater, and it blew my mind. I loved it so much. And I watched the second one because I want to get reminded of the concepts of the movie. I'm thinking there's going to be some level of, like, exposition. Uh, I'm looking for, like, a good hook for a sequel, like, that sort of thing. You know, like, my curiosity got the better of me. I... I I want to say, you know, look, we're going to talk about it tomorrow, but those are some of the issues with Sinister 2. Sinister 1 has zero issue. The only issue 
is a logical uh, nitpick, which is uh, this is essentially a horror franchise where children get possessed by Bagul, a demon, uh, going back to the Bab- Babylonians. Uh, and he's like a deity, but he possesses children, tricks them to murder their family, and then takes them into his realm so he can slowly devour their souls. That's what happens here. And along the way, we get Ethan Hunt, who is a he's a horror writer, a true crime novelist. He's, he's a modern day Truman Capote. Moves into a new house, horror movie trope. As soon as he moves into the house, he finds uh, this uh, 16 millimeter projector with some you know film reels. These film reels are murders. And he can't get rid of the film reels. Uh, you know, he tries to burn them. He realizes that they're they're calling in this bugle, and he you know we get some exposition along the way. But the film reels depict the murders of these families, and it's it's kind of hard to grasp that children are doing some of these things. Uh, storytelling wise, we needed a little bit look and real quick though. Okay, real quick. Walk with me over here. I realize this level of conversation and analysis when it comes to the story doesn't apply to every single movie I profile during the 31 Days of Dread. That is because some movies are above it and some movies are below it. Okay? The the, the movies in the middle are, are the good ones that get uh, discussed. The movies that are too good, you, 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 you can't, you don't add anything to those movies. Follow me? So, along the way, you know, like, we get, the, we, get, we, we get this logic of how these kids are murdering families. And it's like, how are they tying up? I get, they have the note that the, uh, the people are drugged. And we see that at the end. Even, even to the point that they, <laughs> they make Ethan Hunt throw him at the mouth. Because we have to sell it. We have to sell, he's been drugged. But along the way, they maybe should have suggested that the children themselves are uh, echoing the power of Bagul. Okay, so he, um, you know, he's empowering them. So they're, maybe the kids are a little bit more stronger, quicker, that sort of thing. Uh, that would have helped. I was hoping for some of that in part two, but no. In part two would have helped. See... You, you kind of, when you make a sequel to anything, you have to do a little, I, I, I'll call it the Marvel Cinematic Universe method, the MCU method. It's that, um, you, you know, you, you can make your sequels better just by adding more information down the road. That's all. Like, you know, they made Age of Ultron so much better just through Black Panther, uh, like alone, you know? Or wait, what 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 what, what movie? I, I'm forgetting which one added to Age of Ultron. Okay, <laughs> you know, skip that. Not Black Panther, but but like you you guys see my point though. Or like Winter Soldier completely added, um, you know, to Black Panther, and Black Panther even had additional info for Winter Soldier. So that not Winter Soldier, Civil War. You know what? We're done talking talking about the MCU. We're done. Uh, my, my, my brain's not in the MCU game, so <laughs> it's over. But yeah, so this movie, uh, it's a mystery. You know, like Ethan Hunt is, look, I, I told you on, on, on the last episode, 
on the last day of the 31 Days of Dread. If, if you cannot tell a story, if you really can't, make it a freaking mystery. It's just so you have something to do and reveal every single scene. That's it. So he's investigating these murders, this hanging. He moves into the house. Uh, you know, we get the whole thing. Families in money trouble. They have to move. They move into the house where the family lived that was killed, but they were killed outside. And all this, it's like the, there's this angst within the family. Nobody nobody wanted to move, but they're there. We don't really have any like additional info on his career rather than, you know, people, him having fans. Like people like him, the police like him they're they know of he befriends a, a deputy but the the police are well aware who he is but they kind of don't want him around at the same time like it, it, this is all good traction when it comes to narrative and he everyone's trapped in this house and there's this angst and and i'm the best scene in the whole movie is an argument between him and and his wife uh relatively one take also extremely impressive so much emotion so much um frustration comes out during that scene and it's shot and presented to you so much like a stage play because it's like the the props that you use it's like bedside and chair and the two of them like rotate from the bedside to the chair and vice versa within the scene it's masterful it really is it's a master class it's well done Bravo on that. And so, and then we get these like jump scares. We get these things. We get like imagery. Uh, we have like a weird symbol. Now, I hate to say it, the Wikipedia gave me a lot of good info for, for this. So apparently, the look of Bagul uh, is it, he's inspired by Norwegian death metal. Um, you know, it's a very hardcore researched uh, look. They um, supposedly went through half a million pictures on like Pinterest or something of horror things to narrow things down. I don't think that's true because I'm not sure like how you would know <laughs> if you're infinitely scrolling for days. I don't know how long that would take. I just think that's a BS info. But they uh, they arrive on the look. The symbol is derived from Norwegian death metal. The music in this movie is so unique. It's so awesome. Uh, if you know the intro for the American Horror Story, I will say it's got to be the same, the, the same people. Like because the end credits for this movie are essentially the opening credits of American Horror Story. But the music is also derived from Norwegian death metal. And it's like, it's a really cool, like, definition of why people like that music. Because it, it does carry a brand. It carries, like, a presence. It carries a, um, you know, like, this idea, a visual, a message. Really cool stuff. So, and, like, the whole thing with Bogul is, it's what he's, he's a guy, white face, makeup, long hair, in a suit. Nothing crazy, but it just works because it's it's not supposed to be nuts. It's okay that if it's a little bit understated. This is a movie that was made for $3 million that feels like just from the way it was shot. You know, it, it, it feels it's a $15 million movie. The movie made close to $90 million. Okay, I don't know how this doesn't spawn a bigger franchise. We only got a, a sequel that wasn't 
it, it was half-hearted. It really was. I'm almost, um, you know, if I could bounce a movie, I would probably bounce Sinister too. But but we're going to discuss it. <laughs> because I'm doing pairings here, everyone, okay? I got to do Sinister too. Get off my back. Yeah, and, and it's uh, these ideas of, of that, like, horror can be fun. Horror doesn't have to be horrible horror horror can be drawn out it can be um there, there's an anticipate like i said a anticipation and angst from scene to scene with this movie uh another little baby 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 nitpick is they move within the movie so they do the poltergeist like they get up and get out okay that's like the the poltergeist trope they get up they get out when they move into the new house there's like a new attic and he finds the projector and the film reels again. But there's no visual cues to tell us that we're in a different location. And there should be a, uh, you know, like the, um, his one room has a red carpet. Another horror movie trope, like red in the room where like bad things happen. Not that, uh, or weird things happen. Uh, you know, like he, he should have went from a red to like a blue room. Something like that, Okay. Uh, the attic is it looks the same in both houses. The one attic should have had uh, tile or just something to define it. And you know, because you kind of a lot of times you want to do. And look, look, these movies sometimes are are made and put together relatively quick. But if you went to the bathroom and you came back and he moved, like you may not know he's in a different house. Like you, you just wouldn't. But other than that. Other, that nitpick, other than the nitpick about exactly how the kids are committing these murders, not a big deal. The movie does end with an axe murdering. <laughs> and and at the end, we feel, we see that the, the reel is called house painting. And, and it's almost like, you know, like that was your setup for the next movie. The next movie should have been Sinister, like, subtitle. And the subtitle is the name of the reel. The reels, I don't know how they don't get picked up to be more a part of the branding for this also. Um, you know, like the way how they connect uh, audio cassettes to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my god, can I stop talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Holy cow. Okay, everyone. Sinister is one of my favorites. Sinister is, if you, again, Ethan Hawke block. Ethan Hawke's horror block. Sinister, Daybreakers, The Purge. The block that this is a part of, okay, is you can do Insidious, Sinister, and The Conjuring. Those three, I want to say, came out within like two years. Okay, that's a hell of a block. That's the return of uh, possession horror, I'll say, or ghost horror. Uh, you know, thank you, Paranormal Activity, which I do love that franchise, by the way. Everyone, rock and roll, 31 Days of Dread. I love you. Tomorrow. Sinister 2, I promise <laughs> not to trash that movie the entire time because uh, I love Sinister 1 so much. How can I, you know, I'm just sad and disappointed with that. Quick announcement, quick announcement. So this episode is dedicated to my father, RIP, Tony DeLuca, Tony Ironfeet. We love you and we miss you every single day. 